0: Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you Two experts and one hour and our two experts on today's show here for the full hour. Joining me live in the studio is Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities and Grady Ruff from Bell Direct. Welcome, isn't this great? Two guests in the studio. What a great way to start the call today. So let's check in. I thought I'd just ask you both, how are you seeing the reporting season? Grady, we were just saying off camera, it's looking like it's quite volatile at the moment. it's
2: super volatile and investors are so responsive so we've seen trading volumes over the last few weeks be so uh, dampened and so low because investors are just sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happened in august and Uh, lo and behold today 22% satire the other day 15% James Hardy was up and um, yeah they're very responsive but I guess uh, that's what we've been waiting for and kind of expecting so um, yeah good results are coming it's a mixed bag of results we had ResMed disappoint last week and then James Hardy uh, blow the socks off this week so uh, and then satire again today so where people are getting this money as we're speaking about off camera I'm unsure Um, cost of living crisis is real but not for some apparently satire and luxury spend is going up so long live uh, luxury spend. <laughs> indeed,
0: indeed. Maybe there are a few of those uh, people spending as we saw on Commonwealth Bank's results yesterday, mm. that huge divergence between the demographics. But Michael, how are you mm. seeing this reporting season?
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting slide where they, they showed the different age mm. groups and mm. obviously the younger um the, the younger ones obviously switching into saving mode, while while the uh, the, the elderly ones, <laughs> for want of a better word, are really spending. So um, very very interesting slide. But um, yeah, look, we'll just see what happens. Obviously, you know, expectations yeah you know, they're not very high. Um, we saw with Commonwealth Bank they didn't give any clear guidance either. So I just wonder if we have a few companies um, declining to give some guidance, if that might just take the gloss off of some of the results. But unfortunately, you know, with our market, just when it started to look interesting a couple of weeks ago and it was ready to get going, it happens to coincide with a US market that's looking a bit tired. So yeah, a bit of of lack of enthusiasm at the the broader market level um, at the moment. So, I mean, we've got US CPI tonight. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we've had some positive surprises, but you get to a point where Mm -hmm. you can't knock it out of the park anymore because we're now talking, you know, very small increases in inflation. So um, look I think, you know, just broadly in terms of the market, if you know CPI comes in tonight and it's not too bad a figure, we'll see what the US does and that that, that might give the the mojo back to the Aussie market, but at the moment it's still still treading a bit of water.
0: Yeah, indeed. It's been the year of the CPI. I think we'll all look forward to a period when we're not all potentially hanging out for that. Nevertheless, let's just check in and see what are the first top five picks for the day. And they are ALS, Pentel, Impedimed, Regal Partners, and Aurora. But before we get on to those five picks, the stock of the day is Downer EDI and the Aussie and New Zealand based company shares. down this morning after reporting a $325 million loss for full year 23 despite more than 5% increase in revenues for the period the company has described the business environment as challenging admits greater competition and ongoing project disruptions dana has flagged ongoing pressures in the next half and called 2024 a transition year. Dana has reported a final dividend of $0.08 per share down from $0.12 per share a year earlier. Grady, oh dear, these companies, these contractors, Inflationary environment. I mean, I have to say it. It's a bit of a downer for Downer today, (laughs) isn't it? It's a very corny (laughs) tone, but glad you got that in there. (laughs) What what are you guys
2: thinking about Downer? Um, It's a hold at the moment, just because how if you you haven't sold out yet, it's going to go down a little bit further, and there's a bit more to run. Um, Obviously, looking at this report, it's swung to a loss. Um, Such a big company. They've got execution across all these different. industries. And they're a leading provider of these services in the market. So again, contraction, uh, we've got the labor costs going up. We've got um, labor availability problems, productivity issues. And but they, are, they have noted that there's there are signs of stabilization on the horizon, but when the stabilization is, is the key because it's not provided. So the horizon is a very long, very long uh, scope and measure. So you can't just say it's on the horizon. So understanding all of that, um, there will always be a need for their services, but understanding Understanding that there is so much competition in the market now we need to look at that and say mm, this company is in restructure mode or strategy mode and they've got a new ceo as of the start of this year and he has even said that they're resetting operating model in australia and new zealand to reduce the cost base they're also focusing on improving margins and simplifying the portfolio so again that all says to me a strategic review in a somewhat uh nice way Um, so FY24 and FY25 will be interesting but it's just a hold at the moment because it is a very strong company and Mm. their need their services are needed so um, given that in mind uh, they've got a bit of bit of uh, strategy to work through.
0: (laughs) Yeah absolutely it's not an easy sector is it Michael Mm. this whole sort of contracting sector you're often at at the whims of keeping cost blowouts under control how do you see Downer?
1: Look, there are yeah, quite a few moving parts. I think it makes it very difficult at this stage. Um, I mean, they pre-announced their earnings last week. There was, you know, they were achieving guidance. Um, there was some non-cash impairments. Um, so, you know, most of it sort of expected with what they came out today. Um, you know, they're making a loss. I just think, you know, on the one hand, you could say, okay, well, you know, maybe there's a contrarian opportunity there. They've, you know, they've... They've gone through the worst of it um, and they can come out the other side and um, and these might be good levels for it but I just think that with the strategic review and um, yeah it's not like I guess if we use James Hardy as an example um, you know, which, which sort of knocked it out of the park this week I mean if you looked at James Hardy earlier in the year that would have been a good contrarian opportunity because as a business, nothing wrong with how it was running. Um, It was just basically at the wrong part of the cycle in terms of demand for their products. And if you could foresee that that would pick up, that was a contrarian opportunity. I don't really see that with Downer because there's a lot going on under the bonnet that they really need to fix. So I think it's too early to be involved. And for me, look, I'd even have it as a sell just to put that money into um, something a bit more, um, yeah. Uh, with a bit more potential at this point yeah, in time. Yeah,
0: a bit more upside. There's too much uh, water under the bridge hey, yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's crack on and get right into our first stock of the day picked by Sathak, Soth- which is ALS. And uh, we seem to be in the contractor space. So Grady, what do you think of ALS? ALS is a
2: really strong company. We have a buy rating on it. And I go with consensus at the moment because a lot of the brokers do have buy ratings on ALS. ALS. The company is massive. It's exceeded. It has thirteen thousand employees uh, operating in more than three hundred sites. And 65 countries, so global presence is exactly what we want to see. It's a really kind of niche company, and there's not too many big competitors out there, given that they're in the testing space. So for inspection, uh, from everything from um, geo geo environmental, geochemistry, um, they have their life sciences division. They have so many divisions, and they're testing everything. So they really benefited, their results have been phenomenal recently. Um, they had record global business performance in the most recent quarter. They report. In, on a November year basis, so they're not quite in this reporting season. But at the July AGM, um, they did flag that their annual recurring revenue ba- have a backlog from mining companies because we're seeing so many explorers mm. hit the ground running now. And a lot of these explorers are coming out with a lot of um, a lot of testing results that they need tested. So while there is lithium in the ground, everyone wants <laughs> lithium at the moment, <laughs> so lots of lithium for ALS to be testing. Um, and, yeah, a lot of different things. Uh, the company did note that their life sciences division is under underperforming at the moment but again this is offset by strength in the mining and commodity space so nothing to worry about there. Um, The dividend was up this year so 39.7 cents per share from 21 cents per share the year before showing again strength and resilience in the company and they want to reward their shareholders. They did flag that capex is up 27% but again this is offset by a rise in underlying revenue up 19% and underlying EBIT rose 21% so really strong results. Uh, They've got this backlog of mining testing that coming up they've got lab testing and so and lab testing again it's a staple part of the business because mm. it's never going to go away we always need our blood test so <laughs> a lot of different lab testing there so um, again yeah it's really they've got margin expansion and that's exactly where we like to see um, for companies putting in pricing pressures and pricing powers so yeah for ALS it's a buy rating
0: cool I love it I buy a buy rating and I was just checking out the dividend so I've got here a full year 24 prospective yield um, of around three percent which you know isn't bad not yeah. to be sneezed out at, at the moment, particularly if you get some capital appreciation on top. Any dividends a good dividend right <laughs> now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, what do you think, Michael?
1: Um, we have more of us a hold. Mm-hmm. Um, we had our analysts uh, look at this one earlier in the week. Um, all, the, you know, all the reasons Grady's just mentioned, the only ones I would add to that that keep us more on the hold basis is, you know, there are those couple of divisions that, that aren't sort of firing on all cylinders and the the valuation looks sort of fair at the moment, and when I look at the chart, which which I do all the time, it's um, it does have it is sort of in the middle of a, a recent trading range, and you've got a bit of sort of resistance levels coming up. So for me, it'd be more of a buy if we could see a dip from sort of the twelve dollar region back towards eleven. Um, that that would be a better buying opportunity. But at the moment, happy to have it as a hold.
0: Okay, a hold on that. So maybe if there was some price weakness, let's move on to the second stock picked by Jethro. Now, I had to look this one up. I had never heard of uh, Pentel, and uh, it apparently is a consumer staple stock. Um, They do gift hampers, as far as I could ascertain, about a $58 million market cap and Mm. not a lot of turnover in this one. So, Mm. Grady, is this even on your, uh, you know, I suppose range or watch list? (laughs) I have to say, I had
2: to do a very deep dive to get any information (laughs) on Pentel because there's, even if you Google the company, the news is from 2021. So there's not a lot out there about the company, but again, it's about cleaning products. So I know a lot of people during COVID wanted to do all these big cleans. So they have had um, kind of the benefit from that over the last few years. But again, they did purchase, as you mentioned, Hampers with Bite, which was a really bizarre (laughs) acquisition given a cleaning product company acquired Hampers with Bite for, I think it was $21 million or something. And again, no, so, yeah, so 28.3 million million in 2021. But they I think they saw this as an opportunity to put their cleaning products into the hampers, but hampers with bite. Just says fun hamper. hampers with bite says like you can't eat cleaning products. So how do you hamper with bite for cleaning products? I don't understand. So anyway, we did see their first half results. Um that was a weird acquisition, but anyway, they're generating money from it. It's great. Um Revenue fell 3% in the first half of FY23, NPAT fell 20%. Again, it's a staple product. Staple services are always needed, cleaning products are needed. So why they're underperforming this sector, I'm not quite sure. Um, the one good thing is that they have no net debt. So they've, right. they've got a really clean balance sheet, a strong balance sheet. Um, and they've also got this cash to fund acquisitions going forward. So. Who knows what the next acquisition might be? Maybe some pet products, I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Some cleaning products to clean your pets. Maybe, but
2: (laughs) even if it's not even related, it could be some car products, I don't know. But yeah, it's a a hold for me because I don't know enough about the company, but um, if they keep going on the acquisition strategies, I'm excited to see what's next. Indeed, (laughs)
0: indeed. Yes, Uh, certainly traveling under the radar by the sounds of it. Uh, Michael. How does it uh, even Um, look from a chart perspective?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's going down in, you know, as a reflection of its, um, you know, financials. So it's just not, you know, it's not growing earnings. It's not doing all the things you want it to do. So, um, but ultimately, it only trades about $10,000 a day. Mm. So, Unfortunately, that that just makes it too hard to to become an investment. So I think it's even up six percent today on no volume and no news. So yeah, you might I'd be I'd be <laughs> so using weird. that to sell into <laughs> it. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, 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 it's one hard. of the
0: proverbial lobster pots, possibly. Mm. Yeah. So would you, if you had it, would you hold it or would you try no, and I'd, sell it? I'd be
1: trying to sell into this into this bounce because okay, at the end yeah. of the day, it's it's not like it's one of these situations where it's a great company but there's little volume oh, traded. It's it's just a business that's plenty not...
0: products with your champagne? I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: maybe, <laughs> it's it's of, maybe your friends might and, get insulted.
1: Yeah. Just don't, don't get a mixed up um, lawsuit. So, yeah, look, it's just... There's plenty of... Yep. businesses out there doing better unfortunately mm. so yeah I can't hold everything
0: no indeed indeed okay let's crack on and the third stock is in petty med and this is picked by amira so reasonable market cap around four hundred and sort of fifteen billion you know do- million excuse me not billion million, <laughs> million dollars um looks like medical software company grady yeah it's it's a Different one, again, it's one of
2: those ones that I don't know a lot about, so I can't give too much of an informed view. But what I can see is that they have both the software and hardware for, they have a Sozo product, which was FDA approved recently, which when investing in the healthcare space, you want to see FDA approval because that means money can start coming in. Um, It's used to measure and track information about the human body. So I think a lot of clinicians use it to track um, early detection of different um, diseases, their treatment monitoring and obviously patient education. So having such a broad software is a good thing because in this day and age you want software and annual recurring revenue to come through. Um, They also have a product, I believe that's uh, in the lympho...
0: lymphedema
2: space sounds right i don't actually know what this product is so i can't speak too much about it but again i honestly i don't have a rating on this one because we don't there's there's not enough out there for me to know anything about it but i do know that they do capital raise quite a lot um the placement plan recently was the most recent of 20 million dollars back in may so again you're taking shares off the market and reducing quantity out there to try and uh, to up the share price but again um, they've said it was to manufacture capacity, software enhancements, evidence generation. So again, it's just money generation. They're needing money. So when you see that against 9.9, 9.2 million dollars of annual recurring revenue from just the one product at the moment, it's just a bit of uh, a bit of questions. But uh, yeah, our pick in the healthcare space is um, actually Neuron and Tealix and Ottawa Biosurgery because we like to we those ones are currently generating money. They have a drug, a proven soft, a proven service, a proven Um, they're working in the spaces that are really unique. So yeah, the ones that are actually generating money and have these, Exciting drug treatments on the radar and horizon are what we play
0: into. So. Uh, absolutely. Uh, cash is king at the moment. Cash so, is 100% king, yeah, yeah. yeah and debt as well. You don't want too much debt yeah, right now. We're, so. back, we're back to good old share investing basics <laughs> Yeah, literally. Which, you know, was thrown out with the baby in the bathwater for a few <laughs> years. But, uh, yeah, so basically no rating, just I Yeah, I honestly
2: can't rate it. Like, <laughs> I looked, I was like, what would I even put on this? I'm not sure. So, Yeah. yeah I'd probably avoid it at the moment, um, okay. just because I don't know enough about sure. it. Sure, so,
0: fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Michael, do you have a, a different view?
1: Um, no, look, I mean, I'm I'm the same when it comes to the biotechs. It, it is very difficult. It's not it's not my specialty. They can go either way when you're waiting for approvals. Um, obviously, it worked out well for Impedimed um, back in March when you know, their product was was recommended for use and. Um, That's worked out. But then you have other stocks like Mesoblast the other day, not really a surprise, (laughs) dropped half its value. So, um, you know, this is what what you're dealing with. Um, I think the positive here is we've got that news out of the way. Um, But I think the time to buy it was back then, even though it had doubled in price on that day. um, Since then, it's doubled again. And what you're trying to now figure out is, you know, the addressable market and how much money can they make and that's where it becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I was the analyst covering, I'd still find that quite difficult and I don't cover it. So, look, I think I think here it's a hold. Um, I couldn't chase it up here. I mean, it's still got some legs by the looks of it, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, look, what, basically, as I said, it's gone from about sort of 10, 12 cents to to over 20 cents now since that news. So. I think you'd be chasing it if you're um, if you're grabbing it here.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's really tricky, some of these um, smaller medical biotech companies. Yeah. They're really operating in a challenging space. Nevertheless, let's move on to the fourth stock is Regal Partners, picked by Kareem. Now, this is quite interesting, uh, just me putting my little gloss yeah. over it, because they've been quite acquisitive lately. And yeah. Phil King's really quite an operator. So, yeah, yeah what do you think, Brady? Yeah, we
2: love it. Buy rating at Bells are the price target of $3.68. Now, the company is obviously, it's got the um, investment. It's a, it's a global investment company um, with a focus on Australia, but employing market neutral and absolute return strategies. So, with a they mind, they're currently, as you mentioned, aggressively going at the acquisition strategies, which is really, really good. And especially in this space where we've seen Obviously, margins coming down and um, funds under management coming down across a lot mm. of their fund managers. But this one's actually, um, for Regal, they've gone up. So $5.8 billion up from $5.5 billion at the end of March. So with that in mind, it's a, it shows that there is definitely something going right at the company. Um, on the radar at the moment is that they're currently going after Pacific Current Group, mm. PAC, which we don't rate, um, with an acquisition of a 30% premium to PAC's 30-day average share price, so 10 as Seventy-seven per share. Um, they're currently in competition with G. I think it's gqg to buy this company so QG, yeah, QG, yeah i think yeah. it's gqg yeah, yeah. yeah. gqg partners yeah. um and so that at the moment they're we're just kind of seeing how that plays out because we're awaiting a decision from gqg um but if gqg does come in with another account to offer again um regal partners and pa- no regal and river capital have 30 percent of the holding together and they've agreed that they i think they won't put it through so mm-hmm. it'll be a watch and wait at the moment but it's it's definitely a buy at this current valuation because um, we do see that they have a lot of upside potential in the future
0: absolutely and a lot of these um, fund managers or wealth managers mm. have been really really washed out this cycle yeah. and not not all of them are going to disappear by any strength of the imagination yeah. they're not all going to be gobbled well wiped out by UCS yeah. hmm.
1: so what do you think of Regal Michael um, look I'm a bit more cautious on it I mean the, the yeah the positives uh, you know, the funds under management increasing there. I mean, in the last quarter, you're not really seeing much of that in this space at the moment. And perhaps with with everything that they're doing with the acquisitions, if they're doing it at the bottom of the cycle, they're setting themselves up for the future. So this could be, you know, the right time to get involved. I guess on the negative side of the ledger, I do look back at the chart and think, well, you know, there were some pretty good share markets in 2020, 2021, and. Um, you know, the share price for this fell from sort of nine, ten dollars to you know, around sort of four, five dollars. And um, you know, obviously, they weren't doing a good enough job there with funds owner management and performance fees. So, you know, they might be doing all the right things now, but will they actually capture that upside um, when the good times improve? So, I know that sounds a bit simplistic, but when you look at a lot of these fund managers, yeah, you know, their share prices. Um, yeah, they, they've just done really poorly mm. um, in times when they should have been doing really good job. So we, we we don't buy fund managers. Right. Um, I'd rather just pick up the individual stocks ourselves. But look, once they're, once they're doing a good job, then of course, um, there's a lot of leverage to the upside. I mean, the businesses are very scalable, but I'd like to see evidence of, you know, outperformance, funds under management increasing and all that sort of thing first. But if they can do that, then, you know, Grady's probably right, this would be the bottom of you know, the bottom of the cycle here and the point to buy it. But oh. look for me it, it's an avoid.
0: <laughs> an avoid. Moment. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's funny, isn't it, when you compare what's going on now versus when Magellan was like yeah. the share price just kept going higher and higher yeah. and they could do no wrong. Yeah. And suddenly we're all in a situation where fund managers are out of Fashion, yeah. thumbs running away, and it's yeah. very challenging. So, talk about a cycle. Just if you're looking at <laughs> cycles, anyway, let's move on. And the fifth stock is Aurora, picked by Ethan. So, um, big company, three billion dollars, spun out of Amcor. Was you know a great performer, but yeah. not so much recently, I don't think. Um, although my memory could be wrong. Yeah. What What do you think,
2: Grady? Um, it's a buy at the moment because I go with the, the consensus rating with um. City has a buy rating. Um, Morgan Stanley and UBS have a hold rating, and Morgan's has a buy. So it's a bit of a mixed bag at the moment. But it's a buy rating because it has come back, um, as you can see, not just there, but over the over the longer term, it's come back a bit. Um, there is upside potential for the company because when we see the US margins is where obviously the North American business is exactly where they're making their money at the moment and that we're seeing the improved margin expansion as the reason and the key driver for um, earnings in the business in recent periods. So what we see is that as input prices go up, boxes prices go up and obviously we know they're a global, pa- global packing manufacturer. So input prices go up, boxes prices go up. That's a key driver of revenue for this company. Um, the company is a staple it's considered staple and defensive Mm. but it's earnings are really volatile Mm. so that is one thing to watch when you're looking to invest in Aurora I always say Aurora but it's Aurora (laughs) Um, because at like with a company of such a staple nature it should have staple earnings and so volatility and earnings suggests there's something that needs to be addressed so that's one thing we look at um the dividend per share is an, will be a key takeaway so they were mm-hmm. the company reports next week so i think dividend per share will be a really key driver and key um anal- analysis point in the earnings season because it's it rose 76 percent in fy 22 from fy 21 and it's like they have such, a, and then it was all over the shop before that. So mm-hmm. consistency in dividends is what investors look for as well. So especially in this current environment, when your income investing strategy is so high for a lot of investors, so it's a buy at the moment. But we are waiting to see what's happening next week. Um, so if you want to buy in at the kind of little downfall at the moment, then that's an opportunity, but otherwise hold and sit on the sidelines, wait for the results
0: and see what they come out with next week. Fair enough, makes uh, a lot of sense given how volatile the earnings <laughs> are i right now. I'm like, I
2: can't keep up, it's my job and I'm just like,
0: yeah. Why am I in this industry? I
2: know. <laughs> no, Honestly, no, no. Yeah. We love
0: it, is, it but. It is, it is challenging, that's for sure. <gasps> or know. it can be challenging. Yeah. Anyway, that's why we have the call to help everybody. Yeah. So, Aurora, what do you think, Michael?
1: I'd have it as a hold. I think. We're going to get similar answers on a number of stocks because of reporting season. Yeah. If they're about to report, you really want to stick your neck out. And yeah. in, the case of, in the case of Aurora, it's had a great run. I mean, when you, consider, when you compare it to Amcor, Amcor's mm. had a d- difficult year mm. with its share price. Um, Aurora's gone gangbusters, even in the last, you know, by eye, it looks like in the last two months, it's up about 15%. So mm. when you run that pretty hard into a result. I think you just have to be careful. Mm. Um, but no, they've been doing the right thing. So they're, they're containing their costs. They're able to um, you know, pass a lot of that on. They've, you know, the market's been impressed with, um, with their margins. They've been able to maintain those margins. And, um, and yeah, this is one of those businesses that you would look at and think, oh, you know, there's, there's a lot of costs involved. Um, you know, they could be in trouble, but they've done a really good job so yeah. far. But, you know, but yeah, coming into reporting season, it's a hold. Um, and then we'll just see what happens next week.
0: Fair enough. I uh, totally understand that. So let's have a quick roundup in terms of uh, how our guests have been seeing the stocks. And of course, Downer EDI reported today and even though they had flagged the earnings, it hasn't been well received in the market. So Grady has a hold on the stock. Look, there's lots going on within Downer. They need to restructure. There's a strategic review. Um, they've had to manage a lot of costs. So Grady has a hold on the stock and Michael has a sell one that again you could be contrarian on one hand but there is just so much going on and possibly a little bit too early to get into downer EDI. So let's move on now in terms of the first five stocks that were picked by you today. So ALS, well, this is a really major company and Grady really likes it. We have a buy rating there, solid business in terms of lots of testing um, at, at the moment that this company is undergoing in the mining sector with, dare I say, testing in the lithium sector, which continues to be one of the most sought after ones, albeit volatile and also has had a dividend increase. Michael has a hold on ALS. Um, A couple of divisions underperforming the other ones. Its stock is trading in a little bit of a trading range. So a buy for him, possibly down at $11, but around $12, it's only a hold. Moving on to Pentel. Well, this is a smaller stock, around $60 million in market cap. Um, As Grady very rightly pointed out, a company that has moved from cleaning products to potentially hampers, uh, which is quite an odd combination. Not a lot of information on the company. First half results were okay. There's no debt. So it has a strong balance sheet, but there's not a lot of earnings growth and not a lot of information. So I hold from Grady. Whereas Michael, well, just is not really, we don't go there. It is a sell recommendation. Um, Very, very light turnover in this stock, about $30,000 a So uh, for lack of a better expression, it does pose the potential lobster pot uh, proposition. You can get in, but you can never get out. Okay, the third stock, Impedimed. Well, Grady uh, basically has an avoid on this one. This whole sort of software biotech space, uh, still waiting FDA approval over in the States, uh, just had a capital raising of $20 million. It's still loss making. So that's an avoid and Michael, well, he sort of feels again, this is a more challenging sector to invest in and uh, really sort of has a hold at best on this one. Uh, The stock has rallied quite hard from 10 to uh, 12 cents up to 20 cents post that good announcement that they had earlier on in the year, but a hold at this stage. Moving to wealth managers and regal partners so Kareem uh, basically Grady loves it loves the stock FUM has been going up which is a nice trend considering what we've been seeing with some of the other wealth investment managers so FUM's moved up to 5.8 billion they've got PAC on the horizons although it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out for Michael though the FUM is good but he's more cautious generally does doesn't like to invest in this space would prefer to buy a stock rather than the fund manager who does the stock buying and he has an avoid on that one. And Aurora, Ethan, well, we have a buy from Grady, uh, margin expansion, they've been really good at passing on all those cost increases that have been coming through. It's due to report next week. And that is the reason why Michael has a hold on the stock, because there's so much going on at the moment in terms of uh, reporting season, a lot of volatility. So probably best to wait to see how Aurora performs. And also it has been quite a strong performer uh, of uh, late okay let's move on on the call and uh, the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ozbids.com. So let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB, and the committee spent ca- uh, spent on cash. One uh, percent went to each of Seek, Altium, and Promedicus. And let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 6.7% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the calls switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Now let's crack on into the second half. Let's preview the next five stocks picked by you. We've got Kosol, Cedarwood Properties, Melbana Energy, Select Harvest, and Breville. And uh, the sixth stock, Kosol, is picked by Noah. And I must admit, um, I didn't know anything about this company. It looks about a market cap of $118 million. Uh, I've got, I think it's uh, IT and business services, and we'll just swap it around. What do you think, Michael?
1: Um, unfortunately, it's another one of those illiquid yeah. stocks. So I'd have to say no based on the fact it doesn't trade much. Um, but look, unlike the other business that, that we, we spoke about, that the hampers with the cleaning products or whatever, <laughs> they, I think they're trying to be the next West Farmers, I'm not sure. But, um, this one actually looks like, you know, the metrics look pretty good. So, you know, they're growing their earnings. Um, it looks like they've got a placement underway for an acquisition. Yeah, look, it looks like it looks like a pretty pretty good business, but um, look, if you're happy with, with those liquidity problems, I'd say it's a hold um, but ultimately, yeah, I don't want to be stuck in something the old lobster trap as you mentioned earlier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so a hold if you have it and otherwise maybe just avoid. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But I think sometimes investors often forget how important liquidity is when is, the cycle yeah. turns. It's one of those classic investing things that you learn. Um, Grady, what yeah. do you think? Well, liquidity is big, um,
2: and you don't want to be stuck when you ne- need or want to get out. Um, but bells actually have a buy rating on it. Ooh. So bell buy rating with the price target of a dollar ten. Um they've actually just recently commenced coverage of this company. Um, the thing about it is that it has a really, really good track record of acquisitions and seeing the acquisitions through, and having an upside of 10 to 15% organic growth in the one to two years post the acquisition. And they have a really proven track record of that. And they've just announced uh, recently they've completed another acquisition of Asset On Go Group for $29 million, $22 million upfront and $7 million earnout in cash and scripts So again, they're ready to do it again, um, ready to prove their track record, and it's an exciting time for them and this um company the take on of asset on um accelerates CoSol's core asset management as a service so a-m-a-a-s it's like how many things as a service is is there it's like software as a service (laughs) like how many things as a-a-s are there but Asset management as a service is a new one. So we've all learned something today. Um, and it expands into the blue chip coverage for COSOL. So they're able to then expand their um, service operations into that space. They have annual recurring revenue, which again, for a tech company is very much needed in this time, as we saw throughout 2022, when a lot of tech companies were sold off because profitability was not on the horizon and earnings were so volatile. Um, so understanding that the fact that they're half of their revenue is annual recurring revenue, that's exactly what you want to see some stability in the earnings front so yeah this company is good Um, we really like it and yeah as I said Bell's is very bullish on it so a buy yeah. rating
0: and it's also got quite a well a reasonable dividend yield just yes. over three percent yeah exactly looks nice
2: and that's what again
0: the yeah. dividends
2: in this day and age is exactly what we want to absolutely. see
0: absolutely and it looks like also odds has a buy on it with a target of around $115 so yeah you're not Robinson Crusoe at this no stage. <laughs> okay uh, let's move Move on then to the seventh stock, which is Cedarwood Properties, picked by Logan. So, moving into the property development space, about a seven hundred and twenty-five million dollars market cap. Mm. Do you like property developers, and do you like this one, Michael?
1: I I mean, I think it's worth looking at at the property stocks. Um, Maybe Cedarwood's had a pretty good run since the lows last year, so I think it's probably a bit. Late to be buying, I'd be holding um, again coming into reporting season. But um, you know, I think that you know a lot of these stocks have been been beaten down. And as um, you know, as as we, I guess, get positive surprises in terms of how the economy is doing and where inflation's heading, and and if this is the peak in interest rates, then you know I think property stocks are worth a look in. I've mentioned on the show before. You know, we like Goodman Group. Um, I think probably the better contrarian one out there would be office property because everyone seems to hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be worth looking at. Um, But with Cedarwood, so you've got sort of more urban development, sort of residential and and sort of shopping centres. Yeah, look, I'd be happy to hold. Um, You know, I think the worst is over. Um, But yeah, just given the run that it's had, um, it's not that sort of deep value, contrarian opportunity anymore. So I wouldn't be Fair chasing enough. it.
0: Fair enough. Just in the um, office space, really interesting. So on a contrarian view, what do you like in that sector? I
1: think Charter Hall looks <laughs> interesting. And it's not um, completely
0: office, is it? It's quite diversified. Yeah,
1: so, you know, it's it's not 100% office. I mean, you have a look at Dexas. That's, um, you know, there's been some interesting valuations recently. Mm. I, think, um, I think it was Dexas that sold a building in Market Street mm. a couple of months ago and the valuation wasn't as bad as... As the market was expecting, mm. so um, we're not seeing a turnaround yet. So it just depends how brave you want to be. I mean, mm. you can you can start loading up on these shares now, but I think if not, it's at least an area to keep an eye on while everyone's mm. worried about you know looking at something else and and dismissing office. Um, I mean, we are seeing a global trend of companies trying to get their staff yep. back in, and it won't happen overnight. Mm. But um, You know, again, I think the whole worst property could could be over, just something worth looking at.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I'll just quickly digress because my son is in San Francisco, right? And San Francisco has been really badly hit from yeah. the whole work from home thing, and everybody's been bemoaning like nobody wants to go back to the office, and the whole city's going to rack and ruin. And uh, yeah. he said to me, that "It's actually a the city's really cool, and b it's not like a it's not like Baghdad." <laughs> so he was expecting because the media had been wow. so negative. Yeah, he was expecting something terrible, and I think it's just a really interesting example how narratives oh. get lost in context in media <laughs> yeah yeah so I just throw that out there because yeah. San Fran has been one of the poster childs for the complete and utter collapse yeah. of uh, you know the tech world office mm. buildings etc but apparently you can't get on a tour to go and see Alcatraz until the 16th of August so we can't get to see it so yeah. it's busy as anyway just putting that out there digress let's Love move it. on travel too travel's <laughs> booming <Indeed. laughs> um, Cedar Woods
2: is a buy bi- for us we love the fact that they have so much land in that they have a land bank Um, it's obviously from wa which is a great part of the world where i hail from (laughs) no it's it's an incredible company and um they did they are due to report on the 23rd of august so we're definitely keeping an eye out for that again as the whole theme of this show is, it's a watch and wait until we get to that for the price target of $5.20 at the moment. That may adjust depending on um, how the results are received. But again, the company um, has, re- they recently downgraded their profit guidance from a uh, to 30 to $37 million. So it was only a slight downgrade. It wasn't anything material, but that was because of a delay to the settlements of some of their um, developments in WA especially um, for, And that was just due to weather conditions because WA has been extremely wet Mm. and supply chain constraints. So they've just delayed that. It's nothing material to do with the business. It's just natural things that are out of your control. Um, also, they've seen a bit of a slowdown in, um, in new home sales uh, in WA obviously um, due to the obviously rising interest rate environment. So that has been a bit of a headwind but again, as we hopefully near the pauses and cuts in interest rates, we'll have a bit more appetite for the property sector but again, will property prices come down? We're not sure. Um, but we do have a housing crisis. So there's so many things at play for Cedar Woods. Um, but yeah, the highlight of the company is that the um, they had their strongest inquiry levels mm-hmm. in the last three months in since 2021. So again, people are starting to get this appetite back to build again um, or move or have some form of light at the end of the interest rate tunnel. So yeah, buy rating at the moment for Cedar Woods.
0: Cool. And again, quite a nice yield on this one as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. If they can sustain those earnings. So I've got uh, around 5%. Okay, let's move on. And the eighth stock is Melbana Energy. And uh, that is picked by Lachlan. And again, I have to say, new to me, but oil and gas in Cuba and Australia. It's about Mm. $340 million market cap. Mm. Michael, does it take your fancy?
1: Um, yes and no, so <laughs> I'll give the roundabout answer. Look, the, the market, as, as you mentioned at, at the beginning of the show, just doesn't have the appetite for businesses that aren't making, yeah. making money. So that could be a problem with a, with a company like this. Um, on a positive note, as someone that looks at charts, I, I think it looks quite interesting the way it's trading here. Mm. Um yeah, a bit of a breakout above $0.10, cents, holding on to that level, there is a bit of volume. I mean, I'd have it as a spec buy, um, just purely on a charting point of view. And you know, when we look at that chart, I, you know, a lot of people won't be able to see it, but I get excited about that general <laughs> that general pattern there. That uh, to me, it looks really interesting. If it can
0: break out, isn't there a little yeah. level it has to pop above to make it a bit more perky? Yeah. But
1: when it comes to when it comes to charting, I think a lot of people think that if you test a level on uh, on quite a few occasions, it makes it, it it means it's a strong level. It's actually the opposite. So the more that you hit a level the more you weaken it. And this is this continues to hit that 10 cent level. Um, it's done so on a number of occasions in the last 12 months So, and it's not getting sold down. So it's actually most likely weakening that level and it, you could end up with a bit of a rally. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, only as a spec buy um, they're not making money so you might I'd be selling into that that rally. you don't just hold on like it's twenty twenty again. Mm-hmm. Um, more broadly on energy um, I'm still positive on energy, so mm-hmm. we've been positive on energy for a while. Um, but having said that I think uh, I think every, I think a lot more people are getting a lot more positive on on oil now um, so we've actually um, just sold out of our sort of beach. Um, and, and Woodside shares just very recently. So they've had a bit of a run and today they've kicked up. But it, to me, it just feels like a bit of a, a you know, retail chasing, right. chasing those stocks. Whereas if you look at um, some of the other um, energy stocks in coal like Whitehaven, that actually looks like it's it's on the move now. And some of the uranium stocks are looking really good um, mm. if you were trading them. But look, energy long term, I like those stocks. Short term, I think they've run a bit hard and everyone's chasing it. Similar to gold back in sort of April, everyone just mm-hmm. turned bullish on yeah. gold. And then that was the top in, yeah. in the share prices. Um, so yeah, just as a you know, broadly speaking, yeah. Good, yeah as an good. aside.
0: Fair enough, excellent. So, Grady? Yeah,
2: Melbourne is one, uh, again, Michael hit the nail on the head. If you're not making money in 2023, mm. then uh, it's really hard to get the appetite of investors to want to invest. Um, Looking at them, they've got a few catalysts coming up and that's exciting for them in the short to medium term. Um, we've got drilling in the run-up to drilling and upcoming results from wells. So They've got two projects in Cuba, three in Australia, so geographically they're diversified and they're, what they're saying is um, that more production is needed in Cuba and Cuba is open for business. So take it to Cuba, <laughs> apparently. Um, no, so this one, I don't know enough about it to give an informed opinion. Um, at Bell's, our pick is actually Strike Energy because mm-hmm. of their um, gas, obviously, operations in the Perth Basin and the shortfall of domestic gas in Australia. And the uh, It's the lowest cost gas in Australia coming out of the Perth Basin, hence why Gina Reinhardt Chris Ellison. Everyone wants to play in that space. So, yeah, Strike is our pick. Um, but, yeah, I can't really give an informed opinion. Sorry, Tilly. Is it Tilly? Who is it? Logan. Sorry, Lachlan. Sorry, Lachlan. <laughs> I can't give you an informed opinion. Um, but, yeah, Strike's on our radar. So, no opinion? Does that mean kind of avoid <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go with Michael's view, by if you want to play into that space. Um, I'll let Michael, do the charting because I think, yeah, we'll go, we'll give you a spec buy to consider. Okay, um, double spec buy, a double spec buy. Yeah. There we go. Wow, does that, that go to the
0: committee? I don't know. Uh, yes, I think it does. Oh, yeah. great. I don't think it's
1: going to get anywhere though. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll let them have a chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, we're going to move on to almonds, and the ninth <laughs> stock is Select Harvest picked by Tilly. And, uh, yeah, look, Select Harvest, you know, hmm. these soft commodities, they are a bit challenging when the weather goes awry. What do you think of uh, Select Harvest, Michael?
1: Um, yeah, look, another one of those difficult ones, um, you know, due to weather, um, it can be very difficult. It looks like um, we've seen fertiliser prices ease back since sort of mid last year. And, you know, that should be a positive, but the share price is still still dropping. So look, it's not one I follow closely enough to understand why they haven't been able to benefit from, um, from that. I mean, they that should be a positive for their margins um, yeah, cost of living crisis apparently um, almonds are not very cheap to buy is it's it, <laughs> true is
0: it? it is very I true I always get surprised I, when almonds I, and when I think there's sort a of mistake
1: when I, when I go to the,
2: I'm like well I'll settle in the wrong for walnuts <laughs> yeah.
1: so look I don't know I just wonder if there's there's potential issues with demand yeah, um, yeah look, look a bit hard and, and when I look at the chart again we've got a a a pretty big downtrend, nothing to get me excited. So I'd have an avoid at the moment. (laughs)
0: okay fair enough and uh meanwhile Grady is switching to, uh, to <laughs> um
2: well not for bells bells have a buy on select harvest because we see that FY23 is going to be a write-off so it's a long term <laughs> they've even said it themselves so it's okay it's from them yeah. from them themselves yeah. um but it's because of they had some crop issues over in I think it's California yep um, they had they took on a lot more debt. So, debt went up from $50 million in the prior corresponding period to $189.9 million. So, again, debt in this time isn't ideal. Um, they have had high costs, as Michael said. So, my, the high cost of AgChem and fertilizer throughout the uh, FY23, obviously, had natural headwinds. You're up against high costs. It's not easy. And also, in a high-cost um, environment, when you're putting the price of almonds up and people aren't buying them, what do you do? Mm. Like that doesn't yeah, no. translate to sales. So you're Absolutely. wearing all of these costs. Yeah. And so what we're expecting is that, but they have, interestingly, the company has these other side projects that they work on that are expected to bring in 20 million in uplift profitability and 30 million. So I'm not sure what these initiatives are, but that's just what the um, that's what we discovered. Um, they're expecting, obviously, to report a loss um, because of the crop adjustments, but they have factored in the crop adjustments into the first half of FY 23. Mm-hmm. So the second half is looking to be materially better than the first half, and then FY 24 onwards is expecting to be uh, where their where their return and stabilisation comes in. So mm. we're a long term uh, bull on this one with mm-hmm. a buy rating and okay. a price target of 550. Cool. It's not an easy space, though, is it? It's Let's ha- face it. Honestly, I'm Mother Nature trumps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the best farmer in the world yeah. and have the best almonds in the world, yeah. but Mother Nature will... Always win. I think we
0: need to love our farmers and give them a hug. I love our farmers because they really do operate, as we see with these listed companies, in quite a challenging space. Nevertheless, let's move on and get away from my touchy feely hug a farmer day. (laughs) Anyway, the 10th stock is Breville and picked by Rupert. Uh, Michael, now this is a really interesting Mm. company, Mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear uh, a few times maybe the AI. I tag because they're developing smart appliances. All that's oh, been okay. one of their themes. But nevertheless, do you like the chart? Do you like so, the company?
1: So it's the next step from the fridge. I didn't even today. know.
0: Is the fridge going to tell me how to make my <laughs> coffee? Or? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They are telling you you're doing it all <laughs> wrong. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Close the door. <laughs> they are developing. That's one of their things, that they yeah. are going to be connected. That's so exciting. To devices. Yeah. I'm not sure if a fridge
2: spoke to me or how I'd feel.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, the thing. Me you how turn, how turn on your coffee machine, I suppose, as you're coming back from your run or yeah. something or whatever. I don't think we've got to the stage where the blender just starts making everything. Yeah. <laughs> but nevertheless, what do you think of that um, Michael?
1: Yeah, look, if they can find buyers for this stuff, mm. um, yeah, throw out what you've already got, which is perfectly fine, yeah. and, and buy the one with AI, then good on them. Um, yeah, look, very interesting that um, how this, I mean, share price has held up. It's sort of bottomed out in June, like the broader market. Yeah, this is a sector that you'd be a bit worried about. Yeah. Um, you know, with falling demand. Um, I noticed a couple of, anal- you know, it's not, it's not a stock I cover, but I've seen a couple of analysts covering the stock have, have looked at some results recently from DeLonghi um, mm. overseas and it looks like demand's picked up again for their products. So, you know, that bodes well coming into reporting season. But again, we've got reporting season coming up and this is a, a business that's sort of rallied 20% just in the last um, several weeks and it's sort of back at the top of its range so you know I don't think we're out of the woods yet I mean are these the sorts of goods that you know you rushing out to buy a you know $1,000 $2,000 coffee machine if maybe you bought one during COVID mm-hmm. um you know maybe not I mean actually my coffee office coffee machine's just in for a service and no. there's no way I'm going to it's no point buying a new one when you nah. can just continue yeah. running running the old one perfectly yeah. fine so you know a bit of anecdotal stuff but yeah look I'd I'd have it as a hold Mm -hmm. Um, they're good operators but again big run-up into reporting season now that we've seen those De'Longhi results it's probably factored into the recent move Um, so just a hold for now.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting because typically in sort of economic slowdowns, everyone says, oh, well, I'll get a coffee machine and I won't go to the cafe. But they've probably already bought the coffee machine because they were stuck in lockdown, you know, a couple of years back. Yeah. What are are you guys thinking, Grady? Yeah, well,
2: I'm not a coffee snob. So, Macona, instant coffee for me. I'm not. I do it for the kick, I don't do it for the taste, um, so I'm not this customer, but um, I actually go with a buy rating because looking at this company in depth, I actually contacted, oh, I spoke to the analysts at Morningstar and just had a bit of a look at what they're looking at at the moment. Mm. They're bullish over the medium to long term, but not so much for FY23. Um, they have obviously, we've noted that consumer spending has come down, there's no denying that. And as Michael pointed out during COVID, a lot of people went out and replaced all their appliances. So you've got a few years of runtime on those appliances before they do uh, naturally break down, which I swear a lot of these companies just have a ticking time bomb on them and go, oh, all of a sudden it's gone. (laughs) So you need to come back and get a new one. Um, the company really is focused on spending in the R&D space. Mm. As you mentioned, AI is on the horizon. Um, so that it's expected to remain at about 12% for the foreseeable future of costs. So they're looking to um, really expand their leadership position in bringing out new and improved products. Um, as Michael also pointed out, DeLonghi was a big um, comparative point for mm-hmm. a lot of analysts. And again, they're seeing a, a, a material turnaround in consumer demand for these products. So. Again, this is great and food preparation segments. So a lot of people are eating at home more now and wanting these food preparation devices, like your food processors, your juices, air fryers. Air- oh, I have one. You love your air fryer? Obsessed with my air fryer, <laughs> but mine's just a Kmart air fryer, but does the job and I love it. So. Um, yeah the company has also seen um fy23 results are set to be impacted by lack of sales through bed bath and beyond so i think there was a bit of um they had a partnership with them or they sold through them and that's been impact that's going to impact fy23 results so they expect us uh, conditions to normalize by fy25 um again i'm excited to see what the next products are Um, but a buy rating yeah just because they continually um They continually improve and they uh, have good geographic expansion and their proven track record of really hitting the ground running in North America and Europe. So... Yeah, long live Breville. <laughs>
0: indeed, indeed. And just to let everybody know, that was Danny overlaying kind of the uh, the, the, the the artificial intelligence thing. They, I don't know if they've said it, but yeah. they are looking to do smart appliances. So yeah, just, well. just don't go and, you know, suddenly attach that label. That's me extrapolating. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to make that really clear. I think also, too, they, had, they stocked up on quite a bit of inventory. So it's they did, really yeah. going to be interesting to see how their inventory levels stack yes. up.
2: And how investors respond to that because we yeah. know retailers with high inventory levels get punished. Correct. So City chick was one of the classic examples recently, um, Best and Less. You've got Setai. You've got a lot of these companies who have high inventory levels and can't pass it on. Yeah. So that investors are very hawk-eyed on that this reporting season.
0: Indeed, indeed. Okay, let's summarise the uh, next five stocks today on the call. So, Kosol, Kos- Kosol. uh basically Michael has a hold on that one and uh, a little bit too a liquid for him, placement underway, but Grady really likes it, a buy rating, a price target of $1.10, um, acquisitions, the company's been really good at making acquisitions and achieving organic growth post acquisition of around 10 to 15% per annum. And uh, they're developing what is called asset management as a service. And as Grady said, everything is turning into as a service at the moment. (laughs) Cedarwood Properties, our next uh, stock. And uh, basically, Michael is is sort of a hold on this one and uh, possibly a little bit late to buy it, but uh, just worth noting that he did cite the office sector as possibly a contrarian buy with the likes of Charterhall. Um, However, Grady uh, definitely likes the stock, has a buy on it, great land bank. The results are due out on the 23rd of August, price target of $5.20, A recent downgrade delays settlements, wet weather causing some problems and a slight slowdown in home sales, which is no surprise given where interest rates have gone. Uh, Melbana Energy. Well, wow, this was uh only stock of the day, which we both of the guests have a speculative buy on this one. And Michael, it's very much from a charting perspective. So he likes energy. He likes the energy sector. The chart is starting to look good. Uh, Both, I guess, pointed out the company isn't making money, uh, but they've got a few catalysts in terms of some drilling projects, two in Cuba, three in Australia, and uh, that could provide a capitalist to some upside. Just worth highlighting the Grady said uh, Bell Potter's preferred one in this sector is strike energy, lowest cost gas producer out um, in Western Australia. So let's move on to almonds in the soft commodity space, which can be challenging. So Michael pretty much has an avoid on that one and Grady has a buy. But just worth highlighting that fertilizer prices have come down. But almonds are expensive, so maybe demand isn't quite as strong. And uh, the company has had quite a few problems. They've had to write off some crops issues debt has moved up from around 50 to 180 million dollars they've had higher costs but it's pretty much a cleaning the deck in terms of what Grady and Bell Potter are looking for so second half to improve and full year 24 to improve and then we got to Breville for all of you that want your air fryers and your appliances and your coffee machines so Michael um, has has a hold on this one Uh, basically feels that um, they have had a a positive comparison with DeLonghi have coming out with really good sales overseas. But nevertheless, the share price has performed really, really well. And Bell Potter, Grady, just worth saying, a buy rating, long term bullish, spending about 12% of their CapEx on R&D. So investing for the future, uh, basically, you know, should do quite well. But nevertheless, we are going into the reporting season and a little bit of concern around what inventories may look like well that's it for the call today so thank you so much grady for coming in thank, thank, you. thank you so much michael you for coming do. in it's been a fun program i hope you've all enjoyed it as much as we have and any stocks you'd like us to be covered go to osbiz.co forward slash call pics or tweet us at osbizTV. and uh that's all for today, lovely to see, lovely to have you both in the studio, and look forward to uh, the call tomorrow.
1: Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families.